Welcome, apprentices and acolytes, to Unlock the Knowledge, the Star Wars podcast of your host, Lord Dagavir. And today, we're going to be talking about a bunch of Sith. But most importantly, who is the Sithari? Thank you so much for coming in today. I hope you all can unlock the knowledge on our podcast of Season 2, Episode 10. And it's looking so glorious today because I just got so much hype from the premiere of Halo Infinite's multiplayer. I'm so dang hype. But before I get a little too crazy, let's get hyped for some Sith stuff because I know there's hopefully going to be some Star Wars games revealed in the next couple of days. And I wanted to make the podcast all about video games, Star Wars video games, but I didn't. I just want to talk about one important thing, and that is the Sithari. That is the Sith. Well, what is the Sithari? Well, think about like the Almighty, right? The the second coming, basically. The person that is supposed to free his people. And throughout the Star Wars universe, throughout the Star Wars timeline, it's very easy to follow the entire story from creation to the end, or the most current futuristic point of Star Wars, with Sith Lords. They are kind of like the pillars of the entire Star Wars timeline. And it's very easy to follow them because all of them are so very interesting and compelling. Even the ones that are only mentioned very briefly in a book or a short story or a video game. They all have some type of interest or just mystery surrounding them. It's an enigma at times to find out who all of these Sith Lords are, and one that potentially may never be unraveled. But here today, we're going to be talking about who potentially is this be-all, be-all Sith. And the Sithari itself has this huge prophecy, and I have with me that I'm holding right here. Probably heard that. That is the Book of the Sith. These are legend material uh, assets that were released, and there was basically the Book of the Sith, Book of the Jedi. Um, there was a whole bunch of renditions of these books from, like, the Rebels and the Bounty Hunter Code, the Mandalorian Code. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Fantastic. Uh, and you could take what you want, honestly, at this point in the timeline for the current Disney canon, and you can say that it's canon, it's part of, it's part of the story, until it's retconned or rewritten or erased. That's what I do. And I think... At, at this time, I, I think it's realistic enough for you to pick and take points of canon, of old canon, old story from the Legends before Disney had uh, rewritten everything or reset everything, and you can take whatever you want, bits and pieces of it, you know, as long as there isn't any, I don't know, I want to say more re revised or current canon, because that's what I do. I still feel like, to an extent, you know, the KOTOR games and some of the Old Republic stuff. You know, that's all still canon to me until it's deemed no longer existent. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that the new canon does really well. Um, and, I, and I feel like every single story, every single movie, every single something that we have with a new release in the year for Disney canon every single year, there seems to be something that's kind of inducted or reintroduced. You know, we have Darth Revan in his name. Uh, and of course, before that, we still have mentions of Darth Bane. Uh, in the Clone Wars arcs from or the behind-the-scenes uh, deleted scenes where George Lucas and David Filoni had thought about bringing Darth Revan and Darth Bane into it. Their models were created. They never made it into the... In, uh, sorry, their model was created for Revan. Revan didn't make the final uh, piece into the Mortis arc, but Darth Bane does meet Yoda on Korriban. And even if that is an imposter, Darth Bane himself, his name is there. And and I feel like th there is some theory to that because a lot of people would have you uh, would have you believe that George Lucas did not like anything out of the movies. Uh, that isn't essentially like accurate. That's not necessarily accurate, and that isn't so true because George Lucas, at the end of the day. He absolutely had to approve these things. And of course, approving something and liking something, having it your own are two different things. But I think he accepted it, right? And these characters as well, some of them, you know, were inducted like uh, Darth Talon, who apparently was one of his ideas, one of the characters that he wanted to use to be into his uh, characters in, in his story for the sequel trilogy that he had created, that he was thinking about making. And then, of course, you know, characters like uh, Quillen Vosh and, 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 and Ayla Sakura, who, of course, uh, you know, 
Ayla Sakura is one of the ones that died, one of the one of the characters that died in Order 66. Quillen Voss, we still do not know the fate um, of him in the current canon, uh, but those are characters that piqued George uh, Lucas's interest uh, from from the canon and, and uh, the video games and the books before uh, in the original timeline before Disney had got it. So there's a lot of things that we can take from this. So. I'm going to tell you a little bit about these Sith and these bad guys, and you can take it for a grain of salt, or you can take it as it is. It's honestly your, it's your, it's your life, it's it's your <laughs> entertainment, but you can take it because I feel like the Sithari is a huge piece of Star Wars lore that I hope is kind of introduced and brought into and just kind of mentioned in some way or form. There's a lot of beautiful things about this, and uh, the prophecy of the Sith and the storyline of the Sith uh, and how chaotic it is for them uh, in the Old Republic in the previous timeline uh, is just so damn interesting and entertaining, and I hope you all enjoy this. So, I'm going to read a passage out of this book, and it's going to be called The Prophecy of the Sithari, and this will hopefully get you a little bit more summarized and interested in knowing what this is. So, now, let's do this. The Prophecy of the Sithari. Again, this is me reading from straight from the Book of the Sith. Go ahead and buy this book because this book is absolutely fantastic and you're missing out. So, The Prophecy of the Sithari. I know the Jedi myth of Mortis, of a chosen one who will destroy the dark side and bring balance to the Force. The Sith have their own prophecy since the time of King Adas. They have foretold the coming of a perfect being, the Sithari. Now, it's funny, I'm interrupting the, the, the mention of this uh, in this excerpt, but they mention the Chosen One, which is pretty crazy because we all know that was Anakin Skywalker, right? And this is some time, this is thousands of years before that even took place in the movies. But, you, uh, but the Sith also have their own prophecy. And, 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 and this is essentially why I wanted to bring in this podcast, because there are so many characters that probably could pose as this Sithari. You see, Revenge of the Sith, the third movie in the timeline of Star Wars, I feel like is one of the most important, because Yoda, Mace Windu, and Obi-Wan Obi Kenobi have a beautiful scene together, and they're very troubled by Anakin Skywalker and his emotion and his progression as a Jedi Knight. And obviously we know Anakin Skywalker, and it is a bit troubled. He is obviously very troubled because of his emotion, how strong he is. He's, and there's no one that could really uh, understand him. And even if they tried, they still... It's a bit naive to try and, and understand someone who has so much power and so much emotion. Uh, and a lot of people like to complain about Hayden Christensen's acting ability and how he represented Darth Vader, who was sought at to be the most amazing villain in cinema history at that time. Um, and even some would still say that uh, Darth Vader still is. But I feel like his portrayal of Anakin Skywalker and what it was supposed to represent and the pain and the seeping through emotion was perfection, at least for me. Uh, casting aside the dialogue, casting aside, you know, plot holes of the story, you know, I, I do feel like Anakin Skywalker is essentially exactly what George Lucas wanted to be, and I have to respect that and believe that this is the perfect portrayal of that character. And it has been to me. And you have Anakin Skywalker, uh, and the prophecy itself, and we talk about Mace Windu and Obi-Wan Kenobi talking about Anakin Skywalker and how troubled he is, and uh, Yoda talks about how, yes, you know, he's the chosen one, but perhaps the prophecy is misleading us. You know, maybe this prophecy has been foretold incorrectly. And that's essentially what happens, because yes, he does come out and he destroys the Jedi Order, and he also saves it? at the end of Return of the Jedi. So yes, it was true from a certain point of view. And that's what's so beautiful about this as well, right? Because you have King Adas and his story, which I will be talking about after this excerpt, and the Sith talk about their prophecy, their own chosen one, who is being called the Sithari. And that's why it's so unique, because it can mean both things. He's a savior, or he's also a dammer. So, let's see how, how goes this on. The abar around my neck translate the term as overlord, yet it is more accurate to consider the Sithari a god, as a Sith purebloods believe. Will some kind of Kasai priest deem that prophecy began and ended with an ass? Many more await the Sithari's return. 
So this is the second paragraph, and this King of Death, he is basically a, a hero of the time for the Sith. Uh, and we're going to talk about a little bit of story, but too long didn't read. the. Uh, basically, the vague version of the story is that there were intruders uh, that were coming from... It was essentially the, the Empire before the Empire. In fact, I believe they even covered more space than the Empire did, because they were called the Infinite Empire, or something along the lines of that, and their race was absolutely damning, and I think they even have weapons that specialized in the dark side, and there was not a force that could ever stop them. They were going around and they were conquering galaxies, uh, to the point where they were making slaves of all races, and they ended up going to the Sith planet, where they originated from. This is the Sith race, understand? The Sith race, okay? These are pure blood Sith. This is not, uh, you know, uh, certain people with uh, dark cloaks and lightsabers. No, this is an actual race of the Sith. These are the original Sith that inspired the name Sith. So, you have these people who are being practically enslaved, and then this warrior, this chosen one, rises up, and he frees the people and sends them back. Sends these unconquerable conquerors, he defeats them and sends them back. And this is who they, is they saw that as the Sithari. But as this paragraph just says, they believed that there was someone else, and many more await the Sithari's return, as if they're waiting for somebody else, despite this person and what they've done. So let's go on. <clears throat> it has not escaped us that we could claim the Sithari mantle and exert even more power over the Sith space. Yet such a move could backfire among the superstitious. Not even a Junta Paul is so careless. The prophecy of the Sithari has been passed through verbal tradition. It is so sacred to the inscribed on scrolls and parchment. So that's so essentially it's saying it's too pure, it's it's too important to be written down. Uh, and that's pretty insane since everything is recorded. The prophecy of the Sithari has been passed through verbal tradition. It is too sacred to be inscribed on scrolls parchment. From the Kasai, I have learned its essence. The Sithari will be free of limits. The Sithari will lead the Sith and destroy them. The Sithari will rise the Sith from death and make them stronger than before. I admire the first tenet, because breaking the chains is the essence of the dark side and the foundation of my own Sith code. Improvement through sacrifice and rebirth resonates among these people who prize breeding and alchemy. Though I have never put my faith in foreseeing, I remain convinced the Force called me here. Perhaps I am the Sithari. So that is the entire, I guess you could say, the extension upon the Sithari, the prophecy of the Sithari, which I just read in the previous, which is the Sithari will be free of limits, the Sithari will lead the Sith and destroy them, the Sithari will raise the Sith from death and make them stronger than before. And that ultimately is the prophecy, and I feel like those are the strongest uh, details about this prophecy. And during this entire book of the Sith book that I have, there are many quotes, there are many excerpts and, and, and entrance from characters like Luke Skywalker, Mace Windu, Yoda, and Darth Sidious. And this book is so important because through all the time in the collection, this book was recorded and, and read so many times by so many different characters. So you see, that's why Yoda and Mace Windu have it and all these other Jedi, because the Jedi were essentially, they were... They were absorbing all pieces of artifacts, and they were storing it away into their into their archives. And uh, that's why Yoda is able to read it. That's why Wace Windu is able to read it. Uh, but the craziest thing is too is that uh, Darth Sidious has it, and Darth Sidious has it after Order sixty six, um, and he has pieces of this until he finds the main part of it, which was in the Jedi the Jedi archives, and then he takes it from their dead paws, and then he goes on and he writes about stuff over and over, and then he comes back to it when the Empire is in its all power, and he revises it, and he uh, and he adds on to things that he had talked about before, like trying to cheat death, you know, like how silly the Jedi were in their dogmatic views, and it's so funny because you have Mace Windu and Yoda writing it, and then Palpatine is essentially like quote tweeting and replying them and making a video on exposing them like, yeah, you stupid Jedi, I told you I was right, you know? So, and it's hilarious how this goes on, and that's essentially what's happening here. 
And you have several excerpts, several pieces about this and, and the Sithari. And one of the things here on the side here, this is a quote directly from Lord Sidious in his prime. And he says, my master suggested perhaps, uh, perhaps uh, superstly that Darth Bane fulfilled this prophecy by annihilating the old Sith order and establishing the rule of two. Yet Bane was not free of restrictions. As my plans unfold, I grow even closer to the unlimited power. And this is why I wanted to talk about this, because it seems like there are several Sith that proclaimed they were the Sithari. They were the chosen one. They were the almighty. But as we all know, they're all dead, right? Or perhaps they did become the Sithari, but the prophecy only becomes inaccurate because, well, they exceed all expectations and, of course, you know, life happens. Because as we saw in The Rise of Skywalker, Palpatine did come back. Palpatine did come back from the dead. The Sithari will raise the Sith from death and make them even stronger before, which he kind of did. But then, of course, that can be, that's debatable across so many other Sith Lords, including Darth Bane and even Lord Adas, as we just talked about in that previous story. So I want to talk about who I think could be the Sithari, and let's have the story of, of course, the one and only King Adas, right? So this is his story, the reign of the axe. Within, excuse me, there's going to be a lot of words that sound absolutely ridiculous, and you're going to have to excuse Star Wars lore because it's pretty crazy at times. So if the, there is a word that you don't, do not understand, don't worry about it. I will try to explain it as best as I can. All right, so let's dig in. Reign of the Axe. Within the Nakru holocron, I learned the history of the Sith purebloods in vivid detail, not found through oral histories or brittle scrolls. I learned these warlike people are living proof that the smug Jedi who banished us are wrong about the dark side. Now, uh, this is a beautiful excerpt, okay? Because it talks, it's it's literally talking about Sith holocrons and, of course, the... Um, the I believe it's the Thousand Years of Darkness, which was the first civil war of the Jedi. And remember, at a couple podcasts ago, I think last year, that I had talked about how it was Ashla and Bogan, light and dark, and the Jedi had sworn a life to study the light side. But then there was certain characters, certain Jedi, uh, who were who who became quite fond of the dark side and tried to influence the Jedi Order to learn about the dark side. One of these was Zozan, Ojunta Pool, Trapaya, and of course, uh, there's uh, several other, uh, 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 there's several other of them that I believed that ended up doing this as well, but those are some of the most popular characters uh, throughout that time, and you get to learn about them a lot in this uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful book. Of, of the Sith, because it is just so gorgeous to read about the beginning and how this all started, because this also arises and reveals, you know, uh, essentially, oh, Sorazin, that was the other one, Sorazin, by the way, um, was uh, one of the others that started out in this, and it absolutely, I lost my place, it absolutely shows you, like, how essentially the Jedi began their just dogmatic view of the light and the dark side, and this is essentially what starts the entire issue. Because, as we said here, they, uh, the, the smug Jedi who banished us were wrong about the dark side. The Sith kill, rage, and hate, yet their society does not fragment. It thrives. More than three millennia before the Republic's founding, a prodigious Sith arose. His name was Adas. I know it sounds pretty crazy and, and not like the way it sounds. I'm sorry you're thinking of something else, but just, just bear with me, okay? Get your head out of the gutters. He bore a glossy ebon hide and carried a pair of battle axes, one in each hand. Most others required two hands to swing just one axe. When it asked roared, other Sith rushed to his side and fled in terror. He enslaved the foolish and executed the idealists. When the warriors challenged him, he drank their blood soup to honor their deaths. He took control, uniting the squabbling Sith and became the ruler of King Adas. Now that's pretty crazy. Uh, because there is a little, uh, how can I say, there is a somewhat of an image here that has uh, what essentially he's supposed to look like. And it's and it's very like Shinobi uh, Samurai-esque 
looking and um, I don't know if anyone's kind of like dabbled into some samurai lore, uh, but they had these things kind of like uh, like a beheading ceremony. And, and so samurais had this thing called a beheading samurai and, and the beheading samurai uh, ceremonies were kind of crazy because uh, it's, it was essentially like you presented there were trophies and, and it, it gets a very like, uh, you know, gruesome and, 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 and very brutal and samurai history is very, very brutal to what they did. Um, and, and they talk about honor and everything, but their honor was a little like it was a little graphic and, and insane. And so you see here, King and was this type of person where he would, you know, uh, drink. <laughs> blood soup to honor their deaths <laughs> so that's uh, pretty crazy and and a lot of star wars is inspired by samurai so let's get back to it the reign of the axe lasted three centuries 300 years while it has sustained his life energy with a dark side he was worshipped as the sithari or god of the sith only when the great Rakatan conquerors arrived did his life end yet even in his death he achieved a final victory for the sith by driving off the Rakatan. This was the infinite empire that I was talking about, the Rakatan species. Uh, that's who they are. They are basically conquerors and they made all, all races slaves. This system, okay, so this is Mace Windu, okay? Uh, Mace Windu talks about this. This is what he talks about. This system is only attractive for the, for, for the kings. Those beneath them waste their gifts as slaves or pursue the narrow-minded goal of becoming kings themselves. Creativity and industriousness, industriousness, yes, yes, industriousness blossom under an open and free system such as the Galactic Republic, and these qualities inevitably triumph over a monument of a dictator. Yeah, just like your Jedi did in Darth Sidious. And that's essentially why uh, I love this book so much, because it's it has so many people in the pinnacle of their power, and you get to see essentially how close-minded they are, you know? Uh, and, and there's a lot of dogma in this book. And uh, as, as someone who is an observer, you know, you are also a timekeeper, right? So you see all the lore because you're a fan. And it's so funny how it turns out because even the mighty Mace Windu is wrong. Even the omnipotent Darth Sidious is wrong. And, and even Luke Skywalker, to some degree, is wrong. And that's the beauty of history because time rules all. So let's finish this about a ass. The technology the Rakatan brought allowed the Sith to expand their influence and claim the planets that make up the dark fist of the Sith space. From that time, Adas' example has been followed. It is simple principle. Strong ruler gives power to the Empire. And uh, and that's essentially the the story of Adas to, uh, to, to a very, very, very small degree. Um, and of course, he goes on to the Sith. And, uh, it goes on about the Sith and what the Sith are and their government and... Uh, how their social society uh, is established and uh, nobles and warriors and alchemists and, and it goes on, which is honestly an entire podcast of itself. So that is King Adas. He was he was the first, I want to say. He was the first, right? But then you have characters who also inspire, just like a Pool, just like Zozan, you know, just like Azor. And, and, and these characters... I can also say potentially are, are the Sithari because they broke off from the Jedi and became the Dark Jedi. Even though they lost in the Civil War, they still were, they still, you know, how can I say, they still preserved the line of the Dark Side and the Sith. And, 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 and a loss is death to a certain extent. Um, and then they fled after they were exiled from the Jedi planet of, I believe, Tython or other planets around that, uh, I guess you could say, system or the Republic, whatever it was, the old Republic. I don't think the Republic was established at that time. It was very, 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 very primitive time in, in, in comparison to the movies. Um, but they were pushed away into deep space. And that's where they found uh, places like uh, Korriban and uh, a couple uh, other planets that uh, were the home world of the pure blood race Sith that embody the dark side. And then they bred with them and they mixed with them. And, and then, then they had other stronger, more powerful people. Because I remember reading the absurd in the book of the Sith and, and Ajunta Pool and Zozan had talked about how the pure blood Sith, the race of the Sith, they were very strong in the dark side. But they still failed in comparison to them, the Dark Jedi, who, you know, who essentially had training from Jedi. Uh, and so that made sense. But then, of course, 
as time went on, you know, they lived with them, they became them and everything else. And so that ultimately uh, gave rise to a more powerful characters. Uh, uh, and so it's it's cool to see that in sense. And, and yeah, you know, yes, they, they, they essentially did make the Sith stronger, right? But then we go down the timeline, thousands of years, thousands of years, and things are looking pretty meek for the Sith. In fact, so meek that they're practically on extinction, and there's an entire war that's happening between the Jedi and the Sith again, and it's the Republic and the Sith Empire War. And this is the time of Darth Bane. Darth Bane's story, as I talked about a long time ago, uh, his story is so unique in the story of Star Wars because he isn't necessarily a bad guy in the beginning, right? Uh, because he's, you know, he's a minor and he's very old. I want to say he's probably in his, well, not like very old. I got to be careful with that. But he's definitely not young. Uh, and he had lived a life of, of work and hard into these mines. And he was mining and, and working. Uh, and But throughout his life, he had certain, uh, how can I say, manifestations uh, because he had an abusive father, and in while he was thinking about his father, he was thinking about his father's heart and, and hoping he would die. Uh, and then one day he woke up and his father didn't wake up. He had a heart attack. Uh, so that was kind of like the first uh, red flag or the first sign or trait that of him becoming Force-sensitive because he essentially stopped his father's heart, right? And then there's other times in the story where... He goes on and fights, and he's seeing things before they happen, and he understands. So he's Force-sensitive, and then, of course, uh, he's trying to run away from this planet because he just killed somebody, um, and he ends up meeting someone, and one of his friends on the planet sends him off-planet, and that is a basically a Sith agent, uh, and the Sith bring him to Korriban because he has a gift, and he's trained there. And he it wasn't he, like he didn't like the Jedi, but he didn't like the Sith either. But he was brought there to train because it, he was running from a murder, and he wasn't trying to go back to that life of working, because uh, the people that he fought, the person that he killed, was a Republic agent, a Republic soldier. But the thing is, like the Republic is the Republic, and you know, to all these people who are, are who are fighting in a war, they always assume people that are not helping them are the enemy. And even this guy was drunk, and he was kind of a not nice person, and he fought somebody, and Bane defended himself, and he just happened to kill that person, so he became a wanted person in the galaxy, thus leading him to his choices of, essentially, going to the only people that could save him, who were the Sith. So do you see how that works? It's pretty complicated, and it's a great story, which I love so much. Long story short, Bane becomes the guy. He becomes the... <laughs> the the man, the myth, the legend. And what's so beautiful about his story is that, yes, the Sith are on deathbed. And uh, the Sith, the way they operate, they have a brotherhood. They're not really trying to betray each other. Um, they're trying to train and, and, and become as strong as they can. Very similar like the Jedi, but of course, this is the dark side, so it doesn't work that way. And they ally themselves with each other. They're teaching each other. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is, is Bane has a lot of potential uh, but there's certain things that he's noticing about their teachings are kind of watered down, half-assed even, right? And so he goes to search. He's trying to touch into the Force, and something about him is telling him, something about the stuff that he's reading, the archives. And these archives have so many teachings from old Sith, you know, so you have Nagar Sadao, and he goes off, and he goes around Korriban, he starts searching the desert, I'm talking about the desert that has so many crazy things inside of it, like, uh, uh like, Terran tactics, and these things that eat force sensitives, because that's what they, that's their life sources, they eat people, or things that are of the force, or that have force sensitivity, and then you have the Tukata, which are the Sith dogs that speak uh, language of the Sith, like it's little dogs that are dark-sided force users that speak, <laughs> that speak, that speak the Sith language and they can sense you and track you, not from just your blood and your sweat and your heart, like a shark from miles away, they also smell your force sensitivity and they stalk you through the sands and storms of Korriban in the sand that is so hot and beating, and he ends up traveling through this terrible terrain and he finds the holocron of darth revan right the almighty guy from the video games of knights of the old republic who was sought out to be one of the most popular characters 
and he learns from Revan's holocrons and there's so much knowledge and he's so just like amazed and bewildered why hasn't how why has the why has the temple why is the brotherhood not learned from someone like Revan and then he learns about the rule of two how Revan insists upon how well you know the issue with the Sith is that they keep betraying each other and they betray each other and betray each other until there's nothing left and that's ultimately why they cannot persevere because their teachings are not taught and they're not they're not brought to the fullest potential because they kill each other and that makes them weak and the only way that they can no longer be weak is if there are only two the rule of two a master and an apprentice so what does darth bane do <laughs> he kills all the sith he kills all of them all of them all the friends that he learned with a gorbon his love interest uh khan the leader of the brotherhood um, and, and there's nothing that they could do about it because Bane was training so hard, so hard, learning from these archives, learning from all these notes and these holocrons given to him by Darth Revan that he's found and searched where, where they literally were telling him not to learn this stuff because they had failed. They weren't alive as in they, as in the previous Sith Lords, their empire crumbled. And that's the reason why, that's the reason why they weren't here today it was because the people of today, the brotherhood that was trying to teach, that was trying to teach and fight this war against this, these Jedi and were losing, were saying, no, Bane, their teachings were not right because they are dead. We have to work together. And Bane exposed them by killing them all and showing them that they were not as strong in the force or connected. And so that's how he did it. Eliminated them one by one until he and until he found his apprentice and then he trained his apprentice until his apprentice killed him and then from the stories thousand years to thousand years bane influenced them to teach them master and apprentice and master and apprentice and master and apprentice until you get to pelagius and darth sidious into the phantom menace of episode one and so be it with darth sidious and darth mole and then Darth Sidious and Darth Tyrannus, or Count Dooku as you would call him. And then of course, Darth Sidious and Darth Vader. The rule of two, basically brought to its fullest potential. So yeah, Darth Bane is probably one the one that essentially became the Sithari, in my opinion, as the, the largest, right? But then you could also say it's, it's Darth Revan. Because who did Darth Bane learn from the most? Darth Revan. Darth Revan was dead. Remember? What did we talk about? How they would bring him back from death and make them stronger than ever. And how they would be how they would how they how they would end. Right? It would be their beginning and how they would end. And that's essentially what happened too, because that was Darth Revan's holocron that Darth Bane had learned from. And then taught everybody else. Right? So those are two runner-ups with King of Ass. So you have King of Ass, you have Revan, you have Darth Bane. Okay, and then we have the one and only Darth Sidious, right? Because, I mean, you can even say Darth Plagueis too. But let me talk about Darth Sidious because Darth Sidious is Darth Sidious. He is the mastermind. He has played both Eyes of the Republic and the Separatist, and he destroyed the Jedi. And he brought the Sith back into the mightiest it has ever been. He created the Empire. He created his version of peace, which was ultimately security and dominance, right? And that's the thing, too, is like he also was teaching Vader. Uh, and he was putting Vader through all of these terrible things, as you see in the Vader comics. Um, but essentially, he was doing what the Sith do, and that was creating a superior version of a master for himself. Because if Darth Vader did succeed and kill the Emperor, and Darth Vader absolutely could have done that, with the right time, because there's certain times where you see Lord Vader retaliate against the Emperor, um, but the Emperor, of course, is very powerful at that point in Return of the Jedi. And in fact, every movie from A New Hope to uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, 
the emperor is getting more powerful and powerful every single every single day he gets more powerful as he dips into the dark side and he meditates uh he has more assets you know he has more resources uh and then of course there's things that he's just doing beyond the plane and like one of the greatest things of course that you see is in star wars rebels where you know they're inside uh the uh the oh my goodness what is it what is it called let me search it up uh I cannot remember for the life of me. It's not the uh, Mortis. There is the World Between Worlds. Yes, I'm such a great Star Wars fan. I know everything. So <laughs> that's sarcasm, by the way. And uh, he's in the World Between Worlds. And, you know, Ezra Bridger pulls Ahsoka uh, before she dies against uh, before Darth Vader kills her. And he pulls her out and brings her into the World of Worlds uh, uh, and uh, the World Between Worlds. And that essentially saved Ahsoka and also potentially brought her into a new timeline because she went to the future uh, in, in, in essence. It's, it's a very, very hard episode to understand. And there's so many theories about it. Um, but Darth Sidious knows what's happening and he ends up using a uh, alchemy ritualistic uh, technique uh, that essentially is like this purple flame and it reaches all realms. And so he's in his he's in his own time realm and he's shooting this fire into this other realm that is a that is a that is almost consuming Ezra Bridger and Ahsoka Tano and they have to leave in and leave the world between worlds which is essentially in its own pocket of space and void and time that is literally in nowhere and then they have to jump into their current time. So that's like three time phases that like it's just mind blowing. It's like it's like the it's like a, what's that movie Inception but Star Wars and it's different timelines and a void in space that is between heaven earth and the universe and nothing. Like it's just nuts, right? Right? <laughs> and 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 Sidious is literally shooting fire that is that is engulfing all of that. <laughs> so it's 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 crazy to think about that uh because he's able to do things like that. Uh that's just a measure of his power. And if you want to look at him in Revenge of the Sith, uh, I want to say like, yeah, you know, Anakin Skywalker probably, probably, probably if he didn't, you know, get toasted uh, on that volcano, which I believe stunt his growth as as his as power in, in essence of like what he could have been in potential of the force. Uh, yeah, I think Anakin Skywalker absolutely could have destroyed the Emperor or Palpatine sometime shortly because of uh, who Anakin was, because that's that's what he is, right? He's the chosen one. He has that much potential um, because he's Anakin Skywalker. He's literally the chosen one. Um, but outside of that, right, uh, and, and what Palpatine uh, does, he's he is creating a superior Anakin Skywalker. He's, he is creating a superior uh, a, a apprentice who was then supposed to teach another one, uh, which I felt like was a a mishap with Darth Bane because Darth Bane found Lord Xana and Lord Xana at least to my understanding of what I read Darth Xana only killed Bane because he had been tortured for so long he was exhausted tired hungry and wounded and I don't want to say she barely beat him but she absolutely probably wouldn't have been able to defeat Darth Bane if he was 100%. And this is very similar to, to Palpatine, because Lord uh, Darth Plagueis, who was the master of Darth Sidious, and if you have not read the Darth Plagueis novel, please do, because it is one of the greatest Star Wars novels of all time. I think it's actually in top three in, in my in like the history of Star Wars because it's so big up there. And it's literally as one of the three that I think is necessary reading for any Star Wars person that gets uh, to read anything new canon or old legends. Um, and Palpatine, this is like, mind you, this book takes place during The Phantom Menace. And... Uh, Palpatine is giving a speech to Plagueis because this is just after they succeeded and basically have their thousand year plan to ultimate success and Plagueis is getting drunk and uh, and and Palpatine is essentially giving more wine, giving him more wine until the point Plagueis is intoxicated to the point where there is no return. Now, the person that wrote this book um, had said that in this scene... Uh, Darth Sidious, or is the the Emperor essentially, who becomes Palpatine, right? He forced lightnings. He forced he forced lightnings the hell out of Plagueis until he's dead, right? But there's an instance where 
Palpatine stops shocking him because he he feels like Plagueis is taunting him as Plagueis is hitting him as Palpatine is hitting this Sith Lord with lightning and, my, and mind you Palpatine's lightning is literally the most one of the most powerful if not the most powerful in all of Star Wars like there's literally layers of lightning that is there's there's red there's blue but then there's like purple and like purple is the the craziest lightning that you could have and that's the only person that I've seen ever conduct purple uh, uh, electricity or lightning force lightning is is the emperor though i don't think i've ever seen anyone as crazy and then of course the rise of skywalker is just completely broken but he's hitting him with his with his uh, force lightning and plagueis kind of just sits there and looks at him and 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 it's so stunning to palpatine that he stops like whoa whoa, whoa did i just make a huge mistake here you know um but plagueis doesn't do anything and so palpatine just continues shocking him until he's dead and now Palpatine, when, when, when he's standing over the dead corpse of Plagueis, there is a moment where he senses Plagueis in the afterlife. And it's like, it's I think it's described as something that he's, a power that he's never felt before, uh, which got to me as if like, this is Plagueis in his prime, in his power. And it's like enveloping Palpatine, like right there after the death. And he feels like he's going to have to fight again. And he, and he honestly doesn't feel like he, at least the story is putting on like, it's it, like he's no match for it. Whatever it is, the darkness is too strong. And then it disappears instantly as quick as it, as it appeared. And that was it. That, that was it. So he's there. And, and uh, the director, excuse me, the director, the writer who, write the, who wrote the story does uh, come out in an AMA, uh, in, in a question, in a, in a Q&A, and says that if Plagueis wasn't drunk, he absolutely would have killed uh, Sidious. He, his, his, he, he, he said that, I think he said his, his, uh, he, he would have been outdone by his master. Um, referring to as like Palpatine would have been outdone by his master. So that is an asterisk as well, right? Because uh, Palpatine is a trickster and he's, and he's one of the greatest in the game, honestly. So yeah, there's an asterisk for that too. Um, but I feel like if we're really judging all the skills and how long, um, in a sense, uh, Palpatine had stood in power at, at least in competition, because Adas had, what, it's it's a reference that he lived for like 300 years um, and then died in battle, even though it was a victory. He probably died later in battle. I can't remember his entire story. Um, and then, of course, Darth Bane uh, was defeated by Xana. Uh, Darth Sidious was defeated by Vader. And, and, and look everything that achieved that Palpatine did while also with the rise of Skywalker now um, he still surpassed death which was the huge goal of his, of his master Plagueis right so he had done something that Sith were trying to do for so long and, and didn't um, there was one Sith Lord that knew was I want to say was on that road before anybody else but he died and he really and I think he kept the secret to his death um, but Palpatine essentially is the one that made it come to fruition. So, yeah, Palpatine absolutely could have been the Sithari because, yes, he's the one that brought them, even freed them, and, and, and brought them back from death. Because what do we see in the movies? The Sith had been gone for a generation. Of course, now, you know, knowing who Darth Plagueis is and Darth Plagueis' master in Tenebris, uh, the Sith were operating in secret for a thousand years. Um, which is also during the time of the High Republic. Um, so maybe because the Sith uh, in the Attack of the Clones, you know, they're trying to figure out who the Sith is. And of course, the first appearance of Darth Maul. Yes, they come back from the dead. They come back from the dead because of Plagueis and Darth Sidious. And Darth Sidious takes it all. He takes all that credit. So yeah, Darth Sidious could be the Sithari as well because the Sith end with him, you know. I am all the Sith in the Rise of Skywalker, right? Um, and that's one of the one of the coolest things I think that Rise of Skywalker has done with that. You know, it's all the Jedi versus all the Sith, um, which is honestly a pretty sick point because you have the culmination of the entire story and all the lore that's coming to an end right there. You know, good versus good versus evil, Jedi versus Sith. Uh, even 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 if you do not like the debate about who the Jedi are and you don't like it, you I think at the very least who Rey is and what she is and what she stands for, um, I think is is a good starting point to where the Jedi can build off of, right? 
so yeah, uh, he he led them and he brought an end to them because he died. They died with them, right? Um, now, of course, we don't know where the story will be going on in the future, but I think at the very least, as of right now, yeah, they're gone. You know, Exegol's gone. You know, well, you know, the Citadel on Exegol is gone. You know, uh, Palpatine gone, right? The Sith gone. Uh, Final Order is gone, and uh, that, yeah, I, I believe like that. That possibly could be the Sithari. Um, but there's so... And that's what's so beautiful, because any of them could have been the Sithari. Ingedaz. Darth Revan. Darth Bane. Even Darth Plagueis. But Darth Sidious? Darth Sidious is probably the Sithari. Honestly. Even as... Even as... Uh, even though, like, everybody learned from Revan and Darth Bane, he probably is. Because even after that, in the old canon, you had Darth Crate, but uh, Darth Crate wasn't really about the rule of two. He was about the rule of one. Um, he was also in hiding during a lot during a lot of time with Darth Vader and Darth and 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 uh, Darth Sidious. Like he was even like he was like he was training on a on on a planet and waiting for the time that he got enough strength to go out and challenge Vader and Palpatine, which is crazy to me. Because he could have teamed up with Luke Skywalker. And he ends up teaming up with Luke Skywalker in one of the last canon books of Legends. Or one of the last Legends books that had come out before Disney. Around the time that Disney got the uh, the license. And that's essentially what happened. Which is pretty crazy. And then you know about his story with Darth Krayt. And how he becomes uh, the new Empire. The Sith New Empire. The, the, the Sith New Emperor and the Rule of One. You know, it's uh, it's it's a pretty cool story. Which takes place a very long time after the movies, and you have Cade Skywalker, who is the, the, a very, very long descendant of Luke Skywalker, uh, and but he's not the Sithari. Uh, I think he goes pretty much against a lot of that, uh, but maybe you could make a case for him. But I don't think anything that he did, despite him lasting for so long, because remember he's from. You know the Clone War era because he also fought Kenobi on Tatooine and he learned from the Jedi and he you know he left the Jedi and then you know his experience with uh, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and the Emperor and then later with Kate Skywalker but I don't really think that makes him anywhere commendable to say that he's a Sithari. I think at the end of the day, if you're looking at it, it is who, who we talked about in this podcast today, and that's Adas, that is Darth Revan, and uh, Darth Bane. And Darth Sidious. If any of you think who the Sathari could be, or make a case for somebody else that I did not mention, or maybe you think that one of the characters I mentioned is the Sathari, I would love to hear your feedback, please, because it's one of the coolest things to talk about when in, in regards of the Sith, because we always talk about the Chosen One, and as Anakin Skywalker is literally probably my favorite, my most favorite character in all of Star Wars, the prophecy of the Chosen One is so cool to me and that's not something you hear a lot uh, because everyone kind of doesn't like this whole prophecy the chosen one-esque type thing because it's it's so done so much in stories um but i love it so much because of the potential of who anakin skywalker was because if qui-gon does survive you know if they don't allow themselves to be so dogmatic in their ways and they adhere to this chosen one and they try to help him out as best they can and he doesn't, and you know, they, they bring his mother over here and they just make it easier for him. And maybe he doesn't turn to the dark side, you know? And, and I think that's essentially what is this, the most, uh, I want to say, like, existential thing. So it's so, it's so fascinating to think about a, a universe where Anakin Skywalker doesn't become a tragedy and becomes the true chosen one, you know? Because who knows how powerful he would have become? Who knows how, um, how deliberately he would have changed and influenced the Jedi Order, you know, for a time to come, uh, for thousands of years. And then, yeah, maybe he does live with Padme and Luke, you know, and Leia, and and does that, and then they become Jedi, you know. And it's like it's such a beautiful thing, you know, uh, because when you think about the Skywalker family and, and everything, you also think about Kenobi and Qui Gon Jinn, because they're also, you know, their destinies are entangled, right? Um, and that's the opposite part of the Sithari, because the Sithari, you also have that. And and even Bane's story, talking about how, well, you know, because the Sith and his time were trying to do something that had never been seen before, and they were trying to work together. But even when you read those books, even when you read that first book, his, you know, uh, you know the Prophecy of Bane, um, and, and his first book, and that first novel, 
the Sith aren't really actually helping each other. Like, they're not buddy-buddy, let's go hang out. No, there's so many rivals, and, and there's so many, like, gossiping and backstabbing, even still when they're trying to, and I quote, work together. There was one guy who was the Blade Master who was teaching Bane, who I felt like was the closest person he had to a friend. But Bane ends up killing him as well. Um, and, and that's where I felt like, okay, yeah, I know. Like, this is, where I, this is where I understand Bane because even even though that person was, uh, uh, not, I want to say not really a friend, but he absolutely looked out for him. Uh, man, there was just so much that... Uh, that just went wrong. It was the wrong way to do things, and that was the that was why they were uh, losing that war. Because you could see that their teachings and their beliefs and uh, objectively what they were learning on was flawed. And Bane exposed them, and they all became extinct. Um, and that made the Order, the Sith Order, even more powerful uh, than I think even Revan could imagine. Um, but that's Revan is another thing too, because you know he turns back to the light side. Right. Um, it's it's crazy how Revan was so influential as a video game character, and even three years, three uh, three hundred years after he was supposed to die, he was left in he was left in cryostasis where he was tortured for three hundred years by uh, Vitiate, um, who was essentially the emperor of the old republic. Like he lived for a thousand years. He he had been scheming and plotting. For so long, and maybe I should make a podcast about Vishit. You guys want to hear about Vishit, the Emperor of the Old Republic, because he takes in so much stuff too. And he and uh, could he be the Sithari? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know because he taught. I, I, he didn't really teach people. You know, he was just kind of dominating uh, and conquering. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't really see. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he could. But hey, you know, this has been. Unlock the knowledge. I hope I just blew your goddamn mind thinking about all these things because it's so cool uh, when you talk about this stuff because this is the stories. These are the stories that I feel like have made Star Wars uh, essentially extended and, and, you know, just persevered through everything through the entire years. And I can't wait to see when more of this, uh, more of the Sith stories are introduced into the new canon because it's going to be so damn good. And we have the High Republic, which is looking so good. And I can't wait till we get some more of that dark side goodness. And you know it's going to happen as we get closer and closer to the years of the Acolyte. And of course the Phantom Menace. Sith are going to be plotting and scheming. One one way or another. But hey, thank you all so much. Please hit me up on Twitter and YouTube. Please, I want to hear your theories about the Sithari. I want to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I'm Lord Dagavir. Thank you so much for coming to the Dark Temple Unlock the Knowledge podcast. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you around. Deuces.